NAD Ministerial presents Leadership Effect, Learning Effective Leadership Lessons with Ivan Williams. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read. Welcome to e <laughs> And this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit of Spirit. We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you. The happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. Today, Chanda Nunez. About a year or so ago, almost a year and a half ago at this point, I had this major accident here in my church. I was uh, decorating a cradle roll classroom. I was up on a ladder. Um, and the reason I was there was because in my heart of hearts, um, I believe there was just one more thing to do. And I was supposed to be leaving for vacation the next day, but I had been um, decorating the children's classrooms all week long. And I thought to myself, oh, I just have that one more thing to do. And so I get to the church mm. at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> and, um, and I fall off this ladder at 5 p.m. Now, obviously- Meaning you were here all day. I was here all day, but just to do one thing. <laughs> and obviously that one thing turned into to many things. And um, as I fell off the ladder and I'm writhing in pain and I'm laying there on the ground and um, I start to ask God these questions like, why? Like, why did I fall off this ladder? Um, what am I doing here in this building all alone? My secretary had left for the day. No scheduled meetings. Um, the janitor was supposed to come in maybe three hours from that point. My cell phone was across the room. Um, but I just found myself asking the questions of, you know, why? Why am I here alone? Why, mm. why am I here in this church? Why did no one else uh, volunteer to decorate children's classrooms? And so I find myself in this place of just lying there on the ground and realizing that my life was warped. It was, mm. it was not balanced. When was that moment for you? The moment you realized you were on empty and had no more to give? Mm -hmm. The moment when you realized self-care was important? If you've experienced a moment like that, a moment of self-awareness, a moment of deficit within, a moment of I can't give what I don't have, stay here. Our guest, Pastor Chanda Nunez, will share her moment after suffering an injury while working in the church. You don't want to miss this podcast. Every position Pastor Nunez has held, she's been a trailblazer of first. And on this podcast, she'll help you discover your work, even in ministry, does not determine your worth. As you listen, she'll help you become a better steward of self and will emphasize life balance. Dr. Williams interviewed her at her former church, but now she's the lead pastor of the Pacific Union College Church in Angwin, California. Let's join them in their crucial conversation. Uh, I was always active in the church. My family always brought me to church. We are a generational SDA family. Uh, I was involved in everything from the children's choir to teaching children's Sabbath school. When I was in kindergarten, I would just be so prepared with the lesson that uh, the teachers would step back and say, have your way. And then probably, at, I think at around nine years old, I was asked to preach my 
um, my first sermon. So I can actually say I've been preaching for uh, 30 years. So at nine years old, Amazing. they called me. They asked me to uh, preach this sermon at my church for a children's day. And um, I just remember at that time just feeling God calling me and leading me in that direction that this is what he was going to have me do as my um, calling in life. That is amazing. Nine years old, you had the cognition to say, this is what God wants me to do. Yes. And, you know, um, in those days, uh, women in ministry was not uh, something that was uh, noticeable, mm -hmm. uh, visible. And so I really had no women that I could look to at that time. And I remember verbalizing and saying, I want to be a pastor and being told girls don't do that. Hmm. So it was kind of out of sight, out of mind, but still remain very, very active in the church until, you know, I couldn't run anymore. Um, and God said, now is the time. And I left my, um, my career, my job behind in law enforcement at that time and haven't looked back. I heard you preach recently. And your sermon really struck a chord in my life because I heard words like balance. I heard words like um, uh, pacing and uh, overworking. I mean, all of the above. Yes. And of course, I'm very interested in the balance of pastors and helping them to pace themselves. So talk to me about your journey of balance, pacing, or the lack thereof. <laughs> and some of the lessons that you've learned in that journey. So um, I guess I'll start with uh, about a year or so ago, almost a year and a half ago at this point, I had this major accident here in my church. I was uh, decorating a cradle roll classroom. I was up on a ladder. Uh, and the reason I was there was because in my heart of hearts, um, I believe there was just one more thing to do. And I was supposed to be leaving for vacation the next day, but I had been um, decorating the children's classrooms all week long. And I thought to myself, oh, I just have that one more thing to do. And so I get to the church mm. at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> and, um, and I fall off this ladder at 5 p.m. Now, obviously- Meaning you were here all day. I was here all day, but just to do one thing. <laughs> and obviously that one thing turned into to many things. And um, as I fell off the ladder and I'm writhing in pain and I'm laying there on the ground and um, I start to ask God these questions like, why? Like, why did I fall off this ladder? Um, what am I doing here in this building all alone? My secretary had left for the day, no scheduled meetings. Um, the janitor was supposed to come in maybe three hours from that point. My cell phone was across the room. Um, but I just found myself asking the questions of, you know, why? Why am I here alone? Why mm. why am I here in this church? Why did no one else uh, volunteer to decorate children's classrooms? And so I find myself in this place of just lying there on the ground and realizing that my life was warped. It was, mm. it was not balanced at that mm. point. I want to, before you go on, mm -hmm. I, th there is a pin I want to place in sure. this conversation. And that is, as a pastor, you chose to help decorate the church. Yes. Uh, first of all, that shows dedication, that shows servanthood, it shows commitment. But while on the ground, I heard you say you were wondering why no one else volunteered. Yeah. So 
did you kind of have this mantra, if no one else will, I will, or in order to get it done, I need to do it? I'm confessing my own sins right now. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think that we all do that as pastors, okay. and not um, all pastors necessarily have the decorating niche. It sure. could be, oh man, I need to mow the lawn because that person didn't show up or, oh, let me just vacuum this part of the church or, oh, that wall needs to be patched. Or sure. I think that we all have something. And I think that it's created out of um, maybe frustration that uh, we nominated somebody to do that and they didn't show up. Um, for me, uh, it has always been, I because I, I was called at a young age. I have this passion for decorating spaces and places within our, our church, um, etc. To to help our young people be excited about coming to church and wanting to come to church. And so, um, you know, I had had a few people come and help at one point, but you know, again, as pastors, when you have your vision of what you want it to be, sure, uh, others may not catch on for those particular visions. And so I just found myself in a position of, wow, well, let me just do this. Mm. Mm. And so down down on the ground, yeah. I mean, nobody's at the church. What happened? I mean, and tell, tell me a little bit about your injury as well. And so uh, I'm not quite sure how it happened because it happened <laughs> so quickly, but um, I was hanging this fabulous mobile that I had created <laughs> and it was a, a storm cloud with um, raindrops coming down with this butterfly flying in the midst of it. And I thought, oh, it's going to be great for babies who are getting changed on this change table to have something <laughs> to look up. At, um, so I'm on the ground and, you know, later on through an MRI, we find out like I've dislocated my knee, torn my ACL, my meniscus, you know, strained this, that and the other. And I can't walk. Oh, I can't walk. Um, and and so I end up, you know, uh, getting uh, an umbrella to help me to drag myself out to the car and then head on to the hospital. And and so it has really set me back. It has changed. Uh, the quality of my life um, and I will I will say that from early on in ministry I set out to be balanced okay I sought um, mentorship mm -hmm. from pastors who said you're smart enough you'll figure out how to balance life and there I was within the first two years of my ministry burned out Burned out mm. at 25. Got like it. 25, you're supposed to be vibrant and full of life. You're not supposed right. to be feeling numb or sitting in front of a television where there's a comedy show on and you're not laughing at it. Just right. straight burned out. And I was grateful for the break of the seminary, <laughs> the downtime of the seminary to help rejuvenate myself. And uh, then in my, my next pastorate, I was determined. I was like, you got to be balanced. You got to take your vacations. You got to yeah. take your days off. You got to hit the gym. You got to eat balanced meals. Um, get those massages that you need. Um, have hobbies, etc. Hmm. And things seem to work for the first eight months that I ended up there. And, um, but then, um, as I've said before, you know, old habits die hard. I'm sure you can relate to this conversation, right? 
More with Chanda Nunez in a moment. Do you consider yourself an effective leader, an effective pastor? Go to our website, nadministerial.com, find the search button, and type in seven core qualities. You'll discover tools to help you become a more effective pastor from character to scholarship, from leadership to relationship and more, you'll find ingredients needed to be an effective ministry leader today. Also, don't forget, here's what I've learned with Dr. Ivan Williams at the close of the podcast. Now more with Chanda Nunez, lead pastor of the Pacific Union College Church in Angwin, California. And so I found myself out of whack again, staying late at the office, picking up things that I had no business picking up things, doing, um, and it wasn't that we didn't have the manpower. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just wasn't maybe asking or delegating as I should have. You know, in the Bible, in Philippians 2, Paul had an assistant named Epaphroditus, mm. and he almost died for the work of the ministry, the Bible says, trying to make up the lack mm. of what the church there in in Philippi was not doing to assist Paul in ministry. And so I I can relate to your story big time. Tell me the aha moments in your life. Because knowledge is one thing, Mm -hmm. Shonda, but actually putting it to practice. And you are a um, practical theologian. You're practicing theology in everyday life as a minister and as a practitioner. So another pastor may be listening right now. What can they learn from Shonda? So a few things uh, that were my aha moments. Um, Over this past year and a half, I've I've questioned God a lot. My injury has not been getting better. And so I've questioned God a lot. Like, you knew I was gonna fall off the ladder, God. Like, why did you make me go to the church to do that one last thing before I left for vacation? And so, um, but then my questioning changed over the past year and a half to Mm. God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? Mm. And so one of the things that he taught me is that um, my work does not determine my worth. Say that one more time. My work does not determine my worth. And um, in one of my pastorates, I was the first woman ever to serve. I was the first person of color ever to serve in that particular um, um, conference. And so I felt pressure on myself and I put pressure on myself to prove to them that I was the right choice, that I was Mm. called for a time like this, um, such as this. Um, I wanted to prove to them that I was the right person. And so that threw me into my work. And then all of a sudden, um, my work determined my worth. And so then when I wasn't decorating spaces, when I wasn't cleaning up or setting up and I had those moments of quote unquote free time, if you please, I felt guilty. And I think a lot of us as pastors feel that way. We feel like we have to be workaholics and we just have to be on the go all the time. But it's a step back. It's been a step back for me to just be like, you know what? My work doesn't determine my worth. God determines my worth. And, and he thinks the world of me. Like he sent his son to die for me. So um, I'm pretty valuable in his sight. So I think that that's probably one that okay. I've learned. Um, the second thing is uh, take time to take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, 
No one will. I'm a single pastor. I don't have the accountability of a spouse calling me home or children uh, needing me. So mm-hmm. I have to realize that, hey, Shonda, you need to take time for yourself. Mm. And that means, you know, surrounding myself with good people. And thank God I have a phenomenal senior pastor who tells me, go on vacation. Yeah. It's time for you to leave the church. And I'm grateful that we have that relationship where we can share like that and hold each other accountable because I don't have anybody to call me home. You know, Shonda, you're ringing a bell. I heard someone say that a healthy you mm-hmm. is the best witness in ministry. Yeah. So I received yeah, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Self-care. Self-care, because a lot of us uh, experience compassion fatigue. Mm. We're taking on, and I think that would be another thing, get a counselor, get a mentor. Um, in my undergraduate program, I had a professor who constantly said, wherever you go to pastor, find yourself a counselor, somewhere where you can go to offload, because we, we take on a lot. Yeah. You know, personal issues when people come in our office, issues that we receive when we're standing in the pulpit. We have our own personal issues. We have to have somewhere where we we offload. That's number two. Yeah. And then number three is um, Robert Frost has this saying that says, if I, I can sum up life in three words, it goes on. And if I could flip that into ministry, <laughs> I ministry want to give you a high five. <laughs> goes on, right? <laughs> ministry goes on with or without us. Mm. That's the reality. Yeah. It go and when I was in my undergraduate program, um, our school counselor, uh, we had just arrived back to school in September. She, we go on this trip. She says she's not feeling well. Within three weeks, she passes away. She had this aggressive cancer she didn't know about. She died on Monday. Her funeral was on Wednesday. On Thursday, they advertised her job. And that was the rudest, biggest awakening to me that with or without you, life goes on. And uh, it was just, it was very sad to, uh, to see that in that moment transpire. But it was a lesson that became real to me. The mobile is still sitting in the box. I didn't get to hang it. And guess what? They've been having classes all year long. Nobody misses it. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) even knows it was supposed to be there. Mm. The kids are still enjoying their classrooms. Ministry goes on with or without you. So take the time to pause right now and take care of yourself. Yeah. You deserve it. We work hard. I'm laughing with you, and I know some mm-hmm. of these lessons were hard yes, yes, and probably had some tears in yes, the journey of lots. them. Could you review those three points again? Number so one. number one is um, your work doesn't determine your worth. Mm-hmm. Take time to take care of yourself. Mm. And uh, the fact that just as life goes on, ministry goes on. Yeah. Wow, Shonda, this is... Uh, This is so real, and yet it's so challenging for caregivers. Yes. Um, As a pastor in this journey, God called you at nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I won't put you on blast about your (laughs) age today, but what I do want to say is, what have you learned about leadership effectiveness? You know, a lot of times we want to be the best, Mm -hmm. and and I heard you say you wanted to go above and beyond. Mm 
Um, what have you learned about being most effective as a minister, as a leader? Practice what you preach. Mm. And I think as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, one of the main things we preach or should be preaching is the Sabbath. God has given us rest, one in seven days. Yeah. And if you don't take that rest, rest is going to come to you, whether it's through injury or through sickness you will have a form of rest, whether you want to take it or not. So choose to slow down and, and practice what you preach as a pastor. Take your Sabbath rest hmm. and really take your Sabbath rest. <laughs> and I know for some of us that means resting on Sunday or resting on Monday or another day during the week that we may, may have chosen. Um, I thank God that I'm in a conference. Um, this is the first time I've been in a conference where they have um, mandated, if you please, or put it in policy that they now want you to take two days off a week. Mm. A Sunday and another day, hopefully Monday, and if not, uh, another Wonderful. day during the week. Most places I've gone, want you, uh, pastored, have wanted you work 70, 80 hour weeks and take one day off. But I thank God that um, my conference cares about the health and well-being of their pastors and encourages us to take those two days off. Love it. The work's always going to be there. Do you do it? You I, take them off? <laughs> listen, I am not perfect. Okay. But I am learning and growing in grace. And, um, and, and since this injury, I've been doing a lot better. Because guess what? There's always tomorrow yeah. or the next day or the opportunity to delegate. And uh, my members are absolutely phenomenal. They always, oh, pastor, you shouldn't be doing that or let us do this or that. And so it is. it has helped me. This injury has grown me mm. in um, asking for help. I am fiercely independent. <laughs> and I have a very strong work ethic. Sure. And so um, those aren't always a great combination. A good combination, but always a great combination. But... Um, but yeah, that would be awesome. That would be it. Finish this sentence for me as we wrap this up. Okay. And you can think about it for a moment. Okay. I, Pastor Shonda Nunez, I am most effective when I'm loving myself mm. and being in constant relationship with God because God loves me. And that helps me to love me, to take care of me, to be able to work for him effectively. Wow. Shonda, thank you so much. Thank I'm you. moved by your personal journey. It sounds like you are a lifelong student. Amen. And thank <laughs> you for being with us on Leadership Effect. Thank you. It's so true, old habits do die hard. And we hope you've learned from Pastor Nunez the importance of addressing your own compassion fatigue. Bottom line, self-care is not selfish. Take care of you so you can take care of others. And now, our special feature. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. Does your work define you? Does it make you, you? Who are you without your title, your professional name, or work? Do you often feel so busy trying to make a living that you do not have the quality of life? 
Balance is the word of the day. Don't believe the hype. Though you are exceptional, you are still replaceable. Even if work is a calling, it requires balance. Solomon said it best. There is a time for everything under the sun. Mind, body, and soul cannot be overlooked in the journey of life, (laughs) in the journey of work. Work is important, but it is not the whole of life. Our Lord gave us a picture of balance when he told his followers in Mark 6.31 to come away by yourselves to an isolated place to rest a while. Jesus was balanced. In Luke 2.52, we get a picture of our Lord. He grew in wisdom of the mind and stature physically, and he was in favor or relationship with God the Father spiritually and people socially. He was balanced. Time is a gift, and how we use it is important because time is not limitless. We are stewards of this gift. And as we live in time, being a whole person is the goal towards balance. Here's what I've learned. Thanks again for joining us on Leadership Effect. These are fast moving and changing times for ministry leaders and we believe it's important to equip you and encourage you on your journey. Just go to nadministerial.com to find a wonderful collection of resources, whether you join our Best Practices Book Club or find out more about our interviews and more insights from guests, you won't be disappointed. Tell a friend about us. Please like, share, and subscribe so you can get notified when we post new episodes. We're here to help you grow. Keep going so you can keep growing for God's glory. Leadership Effect. Leadership Effect is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Ivan Williams. Designed by Halloran Hilton Hill for NAD from Anything is Possible. Written and produced by Ivan Williams. Edited by Taizi Snyder.